point. At that point, capacity hit. Boom. Like, that's it. Game over. Minestrone everywhere. Um, <laughs> and carrots. And, and carrots. you know how we feel about carrots. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. And welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Today we are getting into a deeper dive on our emotions discussion. If you Mm -hmm. watched our last episode, um, you know that we have a lot to say about this. (laughs) So we decided we are going to do another episode to kind of circle back on some things and, um, like I said, get a little deeper. Well, and the other thing is is that, I mean, this is, I mean, I say, you say this is like, we're going to do another episode. I mean, (laughs) this is such a big conversation and we're going to end up doing lots of episodes about this in the future. There was just a lot that we felt like we didn't quite get into last session and we wanted to just add a few little thoughts to the mix. (laughs) Just a, just a couple. Just one or two. Like an hour's worth. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of the things I really think is important for us to talk about, because we were talking about negative emotions, big air quotes back again for the second week in a row. Um, One of the things that we, I think it's really important for us to talk about is the fact that a lot of people describe anger as a masking emotion. Now, what that means is that not often what people are saying is that you're not really feeling anger. You're really feeling sad, grief, hurt, whatever it is underneath. And that the anger is masking that emotion for, ver- for a variety of different reasons. And that um, so quite often anger is looked at that it's not the real emotion that's present. It's a way of feeling something in the absence of feeling what we really are feeling because it, maybe it's uncomfortable, maybe we don't uh, want to feel that emotion. Now, sometimes this can be true. So maybe sometimes that we are going to connect, we're going to um, force ourselves into anger because sadness might feel feel like it's compromising other needs it's not but that's part of our social conditioning so for example this whole concept that sadness is weak for example it may feel like we're compromising our personal power need by being sad by being vulnerable um as we discussed in our last session actually nothing more powerful takes more courage makes you stronger more resilient that all to one side a lot of the time sometimes we can be like oh god I feel I don't feel as powerful or as empowered when I'm in sadness and so sometimes people can like push themselves into anger in order to feel that their personal power need is being better met yes and I think that's because sadness is not weakness no absolutely not um but it's it's often perceived that way Mm -hmm. culturally um and the thing about it is that some, it's really important to say that, yes, there are some situations in which anger is being used to mask other emotions. There are other situations in which anger is a valid, constructive response to a situation. And anger is what's being felt. Um, now, it's important to recognize that 
that anger in and of itself is not an issue. It's not a problem. It's not quote unquote negative. It's not destructive, for example. It's how we deal with it, how we express it, how we process it is what makes it supportive and constructive or unsupportive and destructive. So quite often, because we're afraid of anger, because we don't know how to feel it, we haven't been taught how to feel it, we haven't been taught how to process it, we haven't been taught how to express it in ways that don't cause further problems, i.e. by shouting at somebody else and then they end up shouting at you and it ends up causing an argument or whatever, um, or you end up punching a wall and doing damage to property or what have you. There's Because we haven't been taught how to do that, we don't, a lot of us are afraid of actually acknowledging anger is present. But there are a lot of situations in which actually my needs have been compromised and anger is a valid reasonable human response to that. So I don't want us to do ourselves a disservice and do anger a disservice by going, oh, anger, oh, that's something else. Like, it's just something else. So we're like, we're not really feeling anger because what we then do is we then end up bypassing that emotion, even if that is a valid one. So we want to make sure that if we mean to, if, if anger is present and it's valid for it to be present, that we actually process, feel a process and express it in constructive ways as much as we were with any, with any other emotion that's present. And so often we end up um, shortcutting the process or, by, as I said, bypassing around it. And that's really not good for our well-being because we're, not, we're ending up with that emotion stuck in the body and not really being processed. So anger can, is, and is a supportive to process in a lot of situations. Um, let's not try and make it something else. So we were talking about this earlier today when we were preparing to do these podcasts and Serena asked a really interesting question. Do you want to share what you asked? Well, it's, are some people are, are some people just angry people? Like, <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Um, and it's actually a really valid, it's a really valid question because that's sometimes how it can be perceived. And I think it depends on, um, well, for a start, I mean, I don't personally think there's any such thing as a quote unquote angry person. Um, I think there's also, there's a big difference that a lot of the time we get stuck in our society about making somebody's behavior be their identity. And there's a difference between who somebody is and how they're behaving or the choices that they're making or what they believe. Um, and there's a, there's a difference between the two. And there was an example that, the example that I gave when we started talking about this is that, for example, if every time Serena walked up to me, I slapped her in the face, um, Every time she came up to me, I slapped her in the face. Anger would be a valid reaction to that. So if I just, if every time I'm doing it, I slap Serena. And so every time I saw Serena, Serena was angry. It would be very easy for me to see Serena as a quote unquote angry person. But in actual fact, I'm creating the situation which she's validly angry about. Anger is a valid reaction to that. To that situation. You should be angry if somebody keeps slapping you. Right. Now, the interesting thing is, is that there's, there's kind of layers of nuance to this. It's not, uh, as with most things when it comes to needs, it's not just a simple, it's not a black and white thing. Um, so, for example, if Serena, using that same example, if Serena comes up to me and I keep slapping her in the face, but she keeps coming back up to me again, there's an element of one of the things that we talk about um, in um, the program is we talk about something called the victim approach. I'm not going to go into the entire thing, um, but there's a very big difference between um, being an actual victim and taking a victim approach to something. Now, in this situation, Serena is both 
an actual victim because she's a victim of my behavior, the slapping of her. But in actual fact, what she may be doing in that situation is that she may be going, well, there's nothing I can do about it. She's just going to keep slapping me. And she might not be looking at the situation saying, well, what do I want to create here? I want to create a situation where I'm not being slapped in the face. So what could I do to stop that from happening? Now, does it mean that it's it's her responsibility to stop me from slapping her? No, that's my responsibility. And in the circumstances, what can she she do within the context of that situation so maybe she doesn't come up to me maybe she puts a boundary down and she said she says to me okay I'm not okay with you slapping me anymore if you continue to do this I'm not going to come here maybe she just doesn't show up so there there may be things that she can do in order to stop that kind of being slapped in the face thing not her responsibility to do but she can take responsibility for what she wants to create given the circumstances of that environment and saying okay I'm going to call the police and have her charged with assault because she's slapping me. So that's one thing that she could do to create. She could put boundaries down. There's all these different situations. So I think that that's, that's again, there's nuance in there about, well, yes, is she an angry person? No, she's not. She's angry about what's happening to her. Is she doing something? Is she putting herself in a situation consistently and not learning from that situation going, actually, I need to take care of my own needs here. I need to not be around this person who keeps slapping me. I'm going to stop showing up. Um, the other thing is that sometimes anger can be a habit. Like, it mean, we can get used to um, that anger response. Again, slightly different situation because anger is a valid response to that mm. that's not a habit in that situation we may just get into a habit through various experience that experiences that we've had in our lives um and sometimes that anger habit can be used to try to get other needs met so we might use it to feel more personal power like we might feel more powerful when we're angry than some of the other emotions that we have present it may be um that by uh, being angry about the situation that i get more attention from other people mm. so i might get other needs being met in that way um Sometimes we have a situation where there's nothing you can do about the situation, but it's still valid to be angry about that situation. That still doesn't make you an angry person. It means that you are validly angry about a situation that's out of your control. So when I think about, um, for example, like a black trans woman who is dealing with living in our society and the constant oppression and uh, marginalization that, that she experiences on a daily basis, that's not something that she can just go, well, I'm going to put a boundary down and that's not going happen like even if she chose not to leave her her um her house um and if she's gonna not be in, unless she's gonna not be on social media not have any contact with anybody else not watch any tv not watch the news which would compromise her other needs mm -hmm. like it's it, again that doesn't make you an angry person it makes you a person who is validly angry about a situation that you are in but so often we're not aware of these social societal situations and the things that are going on that actually me the anger is a valid response to and so because we don't see that we go oh that, that's just an angry person and this is where these really harmful tropes of like quote unquote the angry black, black woman come in it's like one they're perceived that way even if they're not even if they're just um holding people accountable or um speaking directly about something it's being seen through these filters where it's being perceived as anger and there are some situations in which anger is a valid response but they're still dismissed as being the angry black woman when in actual fact anger is a valid response to that if anybody else were dealing with what they are dealing with they would be validly angry too so i don't believe that there is any such thing as an angry person and i'm i mean it's, i hope that people would know this by now having watched enough of um our podcast 
we're always open to revisiting and kind of questioning and, uh, and challenging our thinking and seeing whether maybe we maybe think something different in the future. Um, so who knows? You might listen to another uh, podcast a year from now and it'll be completely different. Um, but thing, I, I mean, one thing to on. note is that society is set up in a way that makes people constantly angry. And it's kind of like if you're not angry about some of the things that are going on, you're not paying attention right absolutely it's it's an it's a it's an infuriating society right and when you look at the bigger issues and i know we're going to talk about this a little bit later but yeah you're right if you're if you're not angry you're not paying attention um and so i think that that's the thing is that i don't believe that there's any such thing as an angry person but if if you're in that if you're in that loop if you're in that pattern um that quite often you can be perceived as an angry person rather than a person, a human being who is having a valid response to an unjust or inhumane or oppressive or marginalization or just a situation in which you are being harmed or that is unfair. And I think that is um, those those two things are often there's a shortcut there. It often gets conflated. Um, mm. And I think we need to start looking at the humanity of people and recognizing actually they're human beings and I would be angry if I was being impacted the way that they are. Well, and especially with anger, and I think this is valid for most, if not all of the emotions, there's a difference in harming somebody through anger and not taking responsibility for their needs. Right, absolutely. Like the difference between I am causing physical, emotional harm because of my anger and being like, well, this is going to make them uncomfortable. That they're... That's not my responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, an example. Yeah. So taking time to process that anger for yourself and doing that because you need to. Sometimes where this becomes kind of a compromise for people is when the other person wants to connect. So Claire slapped me in the face every day consistently for a week. And I decided to put down a boundary. And I'm like, you know. I don't, by the way. Yes, no. Just for clarity. Like, this is just an extreme example we're using. We thought this was the best example because it is so extreme. Right. (laughs) But if every time she came and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm actually going to take some time. I'm upset. I'm going to take some time and I'm I'm going to I'm going to process on my own and she wants to connect with me. I'm not harming her because I'm taking that moment for myself and being like, "Actually, I don't want to connect with you right now. Mm-hmm. I want I want to feel this." And if I was to push that emotion away to prioritize her comfortability and be like, "Okay, well, I'll connect because if I don't connect, it's just going to make it worse." That anger, my anger isn't going to go away. It's just going to get push down right. further and it might there might be a lot of good that comes on top of it but eventually that's going to resurface right well and even let's, let's if you're taking it out of the context of the of the two of us in that situation even if like serena wanted to take time to process her anger and somebody else wanted to connect with her not mm-hmm. me not the person yeah. who um the, the 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 um the cause of the situation that is creating her to want to go and take time to process even somebody else mm-hmm. if somebody else wanted to connect with her and she was actually processing her anger and doing what she needs to do for herself, for herself, that her doing that is not harming the other person. It's just not taking responsibility for their needs. And she can communicate that with somebody. She doesn't have to communicate that with somebody, but she can do and be like, hey, I'm in this place right now. And if that person's like, but I but I want to speak to you right now. Or even I want to help. Right, exactly. Even if that's, even if their desire to help is about them meeting their needs, not because it's actually what will be helpful to Serena and the thing that she needs to get her needs met. Um, that same thing is like, it's the, that's, that's not causing harm to another person. What could be ca- causing harm is if you're unleashing and venting your anger at 
at somebody. Yes. So that is harming them. So unless they've agreed to hold space and you are acting as, or they are acting as a space holder, a space holder <laughs> yeah. and a knowing participant in receiving right. that emotion. Well, not even receiving it because receiving it sounds like you're taking, taking it, it into in. yourself. Yeah. Like, but there's a difference between like if Serena just started shouting at me indiscriminately with with like with no warning and no like, like I'm like. Uh, okay, like emotional safety is probably up at that point in time. And again, take it out of the context of where I've sat in the face because <laughs> this is, we're getting a little blurring of the lines there. But like right. if we're in this situation where Serena was angry and she just started shouting at me, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. If, however, she's like, I've got this thing, I'm so angry about this thing right now. And I'm like, do you want to, do you want to vent it? Do you want me to hold space? And she's like, yes. And that I'm holding a space for her to vent that into that wouldn't be harm because it would be consensual and I would be an active participant, something that I've chosen to do, not something that is happening because um, all of a sudden Serena's just decided that's what's going to meet her needs, whether or not it meets mine or not. Well, and we've talked about kind of that spontaneous like pressure cooker of emotions. Mm -hmm. So let's say that Claire is holding space for me and she's agreed to hold that space for me, but then I get so overcome that it becomes physical. Like, is that doing harm? Well, and again, it depends on the situation. Like if, for example, um, we're just, I'm just like, I've agreed to hold space and all of a sudden Serena starts throwing things at me or around the room and I don't feel physically safe, that's harmful. Like it's going to impact my security needs as far as emotional and physical well-being is concerned. However, if we were both, um, uh, if we both were, um, trained fighters for example and I said to her do you want to spar in order to mm-hmm. to vent it out um and I I offered that we agreed to it it was consensual yeah she might be beating the crap out of a, a punching um pad but if I've agreed to that that's okay so this is where there's these layers of nuance it's not as simple as oh if I'm in mo- if I'm shouting at somebody um that I'm causing harm well yes if they if you haven't checked in that they're okay with it and it's not about them and you're just unloading on them or unleashing on them yeah that's probably going to be a problem it's probably going to be problematic if they've offered to hold the space that's entirely different if you just start physically punching them or the environment around them then that's (laughs) going to be a massive issue however if you've agreed to that and you've offered that as a consensual thing like I'll hold the I'll hold the punching bag you go for hell for leather that's physical but that's consensual so it's it can be very very nuanced when you start to kind of dive a little deeper with this it's figuring out exactly what are the boundaries where are the boundaries what are the agreements yes. of of this situation and i know claire has said you know multiple times it's been very it's a very nuanced situation but yeah. i really want to stress the very nuanced <laughs> like the very in the nuance because yeah. there is i mean yeah no such situ- most situations are not identically replicated. Am I saying that right? Yes, like, I think that's that's a fair. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, most situation universe. <laughs> most situations aren't the same. Is what she's saying. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me taking the long way around that one. <laughs> oh my goodness! But you're right. No, and no two situations. No two situations are the same because even if they're between the same people, even if it's the same dynamic between the same people, if it's at different times, they've got different capacity, they've got different things going on in their lives. If, like, for example, that if if Serena and I had that situation going on or a situation like any of these, we have built up so much trust and understanding because of the relationship we've built over the years. It would be very different to somebody who I just met exploding in front of me. Um, if Serena just exploded in front of me, I'd be like, okay 
are you okay? What's going on? How can I help? Like that would be my probably my first reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was some kind of stranger, I'd be like, okay, this person doesn't feel safe to be around because same situation, different people, or even the same situation between different people at different times. We know that there are, um, we're going to, we're going to do a podcast episode at some point in the future about, um, how to uh, how to clear niggles, and I know that most people don't know what that means, but I'm going to see that as a little uh, a little teaser for something that's coming up. But something that we have got used to is clearing niggles, clearing the niggles uh, instantly, instant, <laughs> instantly clearing the niggles. And because of that, there are there's so much less charge in our relationship, and because there's a charge in our relationship, we're able to hold have the capacity and hold space for much more deep things um, than we would be able to if there was all that stuff in the space. So. It, it, it really does so nuanced and so it depends on so many different factors so I, as much as I would love to be able to give you a formula it's like okay how you deal with emotions is this then this then this then this then this that's not how this works there are some general principles and guidelines that can be helpful but we're sharing this with you because we want you to understand how nuanced this is and how different needs are up and if if you've got the same situation between two people and one person their personal power need is being affected by other situations outside of them that can make all the difference. It can completely change the dynamic. And if the other person knows that's what's going on, they can be mindful in how they communicate and deal with it that is conscious of that situation. If they don't, they can end up doing things that that impact that need even further, which creates even more of a reaction. So it's like there's so much nuance to this that I think is is just helpful to be aware of. Um, Something that that just kind of brought up for me is like we're talking about people, like people can kind of trigger these things in you and bring Mm -hmm. it out or... um, situations can as well Mm. and you know a lot of us have work-life balance like that's it's do we well yeah well most of us have work work. most of us have life i'm not sure how much balance we actually have between the two when we talk about balance a lot of times those are the two things that that we talk about we talk about it's you know you you work and you have whatever isn't work that's the rest of your life right and there is a common phrase within our culture, which is leave your personal life at home. Mm-hmm. And this is especially, I mean, it can happen in different um, situations that aren't work, but I find yeah. that this is really present in like the corporate and work culture. Right. And think about it. Leave your personal life at home. That's kind of an impossibility. Yeah. I mean, unless you're not leaving, even kind of. Unless you're if, leaving yourself at home and not interacting in any way, shape or form with your work. Right. <laughs> Well, that often means, like, leave your emotions at home. Right. So unless you can come, like, Stepford robot, like, you're a whole person. Let's, let's you're plug the emotions out. Let's leave them at the door and we'll pick them up on our way out. That's not how this works. Wouldn't it be so nice if you could just literally, like, oh, my God, like, check your emotions at the door. Like, right. what? Oh, okay. Like, regardless of what's going on in my life, whatever traumas, whatever, you know, um societal things whatever mm-hmm. individual emotions i'm having like what you want well, me to I, leave part of me okay like let me take like you want me to leave my emotions at home cool you're gonna get like a little smi- a little speck of who i am well and also and of your skills and abilities as well because i know that part of what like our emotions often inform what we do like we check in with like how does this feel like mm-hmm. if we're communicating this way how do, would this feel if we were this person how would it feel if we were that person so our emotions are a really important part of our job our emotions are part of our creativity like problem solving all those sorts of things these are really important to working life it's you think just saying saying. (laughs) and I mean if you have stuff going on on the outside you can't just stop that you can't be like whoop done shut it off like that's just 
that is not within our human capabilities. I mean, we can do it from a superficial surface level and I can be like, okay, I'm going to keep a straight face or put on my mask. most of us can't even do that anyway. I mean, even that is often ineffective. The reality is we are a whole person and all of us comes to all of the things in our lives. Mm -hmm. Our work situation often comes back into our home life. Our home life and our personal situation often comes into our work life. You can't distinguish between the two because it's we're we're whole people and we bring the whole all of ourselves to all of these different aspects of our lives we're not taught and actually encouraged to process our emotions in general and especially not within the work context right um i tend to think especially in work but i mean really just generally in life we're kind of walking around as walking pressure cookers filled with emotional soup just waiting to explode on you know, the next thing that gets added to the pot. Right. All of a sudden, un- somebody unsuspectingly throws a carrot in and you've souped all over them and they're like, what the fuck? Why am Where I dripping? This, yeah, what like, happened? Where did this come from? I didn't even know you were making soup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden... I don't like carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I asked for minestrone. <laughs> but, and then, I mean... Does it have carrot in it? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But it brings me to my point exactly because all of a sudden we're like, we're overreacting and I'm using air quotes, like I'm using like very (laughs) emphatic air quotes because in reality we're just reacting validly to all the emotions and all of the things that are present. If we had processed and healed and acknowledged these things previously, we may not have had such an intense reaction. I'm not putting a like a finite, we would never have this reaction, the chances are it wouldn't be as intense just because well, it's not pressurized. Well, and we would be reacting to what's happening in front of us, not reacting to the thing that's happening in front of us on top of the thing that's happening at home, on top of the thing that happened mm-hmm. last week, on top of the thing that happened 10 years ago, on top of the thing that happened with your your first boyfriend back in high school, on top of the thing that happened when your dog died when you are four years old. Or like, Don't forget um, that time I dropped my ice cream when I was two. Exactly. So like all of those <laughs> things, if we haven't processed, if every time we've tried to, like the emotions comes, comes up, we've either been shut down by people around us as Serena was like saying with him with uh, her mom was like was like if you're not dying don't cry kind of thing like that's that's a very common response um and like if we haven't we've been shut down externally or then what ends up happening is we end up doing that internally mm-hmm. it's like oh look, no, 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 come on uh, I remember my um uh, my grandmother had uh, uh, had this thing that whenever she got upset about anything, she would pull yourself together, Peg. Like, like it was mm-hmm. like, and it was because I think that's what my grandfather would say to her when she would get emotional, i.e., be human, um, and um, and so she would then do it to herself. Like we get so used to other people doing it, we then become that for ourselves as well. And because we haven't dealt with all of those things, we're not just reacting to what's in front of us we're reacting to all of those other things as well well and i i noticed as we're talking you know i throw out the ice cream example being two years old it's Mm -hmm. like and i giggled and then i'm like wow i've had not necessarily dropping my ice cream at two but even something as simple as you know i'm holding a tray and i've had a shit week and i'm at work trying not to have a shit week and putting on a mask and all of these things the and the and the and and then my cup falls off my tray and all of a sudden it's like that's the end of the world just because that was the catalyst and sometimes and that's not a stupid thing that is showing that there's so much pressurized emotion behind it like yeah my that wasn't the end of the world but that was the one thing that I could I felt comfortable enough to 
release about because I couldn't express everything else because yeah or even not that you felt comfortable you just didn't have a choice at that point at that point capacity hit like that's it game over minestrone everywhere Um, (laughs) and carrots and And you know how we feel about carrots (laughs) um the ironic thing is though there are actually some people who aren't feeling anything right now or not feeling much well yes well I'm sure there. yeah I mean I'd almost you know we try not to be absolute absolute in things it's kind of hard to live in the society I mean the pain in the situations that we're facing in this world um the pandemic the war political climate that political climate gun violence climate change social injustice increasing deaths of despair and um I just want to touch on what we mean by deaths of despair Mm -hmm. this is um in relation to our different epidemics of addiction and suicides and the the young uh, so so deaths of despair they fall into there are three things that that comprise of the deaths of despair there they are um by uh, deaths by drug overdose Mm -hmm. death by suicide or liver cirrhosis due to um alcoholism so those are the three things covered by death death with despair sorry i just want to jump in nope i thank you for that (laughs) um and often this is because we don't believe it if or they don't believe it affects them and they're unaware of the subconscious impact that it has to their needs so their own needs to their own needs so there this isn't this this isn't my issue or this doesn't affect me and um if it Oftentimes, if it's not that, it's because they're focused on fighting for others' needs. No, no other wait, needs of theirs. theirs. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're focused on right. fighting for their other needs. <laughs> well, and again, it's like other needs. It's like they're not really fighting for other needs. They're actually just fighting for the preference for how they'd like to get some of their needs met, even if it costs comes at the cost of others and their needs or even if it comes at the cost of their own needs like they're focused so focused we see this so much with with needs it's like people are so focused oh i've got i've got to do this because this is going to meet my need they don't pay attention to all the ways it's costing their need or the way it's impacting other people which we know interconnectedness means it's going to impact our own needs as well um sometimes they're also um using it kind of like or not feeling because they're trying to numb themselves because they don't feel like they can have an effect or make a change. Right. So they numb to cope. They're just, you know, rather than feel anything and feel helpless in that, right. they decide to feel nothing because they feel that that meets their needs best. Right, absolutely. And again, compromising all of the other needs in the process. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that a lot of the people who find themselves in these situations, um, they end up judging other people for being emotional about these things. Um, and this can sometimes be a way of like distancing ourselves from the discomfort of facing the reality that we're in and the impact to other people. Um, but the interesting thing about this and the really sad thing about this is that people who doing who do tend to do this often are completely unknowingly actually shut off from their own humanity as a coping strategy. Because if we're connected to our own humanity, we not only are able, but we we are we have no choice but to connect to the pain and suffering of others. We we recognise the pain and suffering of others because we see them as an, another human being. Um, and what we do is we relate to how we would feel in that situation if it were us. Um, and empathy, that empathy of like, oh my goodness, this is the situation we're in. Oh my god, if it's, I was if I was in that situation. 
this is how I'd feel. And that empathy is our path back to our own humanity. And our own humanity is a fundamental aspect of one of our 12 universal needs. If we are not connected to our humanity, we are actually compromising our universal needs. And that judgment is often keeping us from that humanity. Um, And so in doing so, we're actually compromising our own needs at a really deep and fundamental level. It's important to remember, we are all human. Wait, what? I'll repeat it again. We are all human, every Mm -hmm. single one of us. We all have emotions. We are meant to process them. We're humans living in a fucked up society right now. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the honest matter of fact of it. There's anger, there's fear, there's grief, and there's frustration. And those are all valid. We just need to learn how to process them Mm -hmm. and to use them as as the fuel to begin creating a less fucked up society. Like we can actually take the fucked upness and use it to... Well, we can take our reaction, our reaction to in- that. Like, and the fact that like this this situation is impacting us, we can take the, the, the fact of that impact as a, oh, hell no. I'm not doing that again. I'm not allowing it to continue to impact me and other people. That can be our fuel for creating change and for creating a situation that both supports us and others. And so honors and meets our need to connect with our own humanity, which happens when we connect to the other uh, humanity of others as well. So we want to use that fuel for change. Now, it's important to say that there's a good chance that you may have had some emotions come up as a result of the topics we've discussed in this episode. There's some pretty tough stuff that we've, mm-hmm. we've addressed and we brought up. That's okay. I'm going to say it one more time. That's okay. Why you, is it okay? Because you're human and that's okay. Um, that's normal well and normal is a relative (laughs) term like like we are this is part of what it is to be human Mm -hmm. I don't even think I want to use the word normal I want to use the word human like we are all human like let ourselves be human let us experience what it is to be human Um, allow yourself to acknowledge feel process express and release whatever emotions may have come up as we've been having this discussion in ways that do not harm yourself or other people so journaling for example crying screaming into a pillow or making the sound of the feeling into a pillow or rolled up towel works really well Um, the voo breathing that we um, that we talked about in episode 28 and antidote to anxiety Um, the air punching movement listening to a, a combination of listening to some music maybe with some movement or just movement on its own or just the meat like whatever it is that feels like you're going it's going to help you to feel and process and express um, the emotion and then when you've processed how you feel use the fact that you have had this response as fuel to take action towards making constructive change making a change to create more of a society that is going to support all of our needs better because once we're in a society where all of our needs are better supported um i don't know that have we done a um an episode about the forest yet uh, about the ecosystem i don't know that we've done i think uh, maybe we did if we haven't it's coming soon <laughs> um so i think it's really important i i, I got a feeling we we have done it but i'm normally i'm really good with the episode we'll try and oh, well if not, we're going to do an episode, and yeah. if we have, we'll put it in the show notes which episode it is so yes. that you can, because it's very important to kind of get that. The, the universal needs ecosystem is really helpful in understanding right. 
And the thing about it is, is like, it's really like, yes, we can take care of ourselves. Yes, we can take care of our tree. But we're if we're living in a uh, in an ecosystem, which is which is kind of working against us, then that's exhausting for us to be in. So we want to be a part of changing so that no longer are we having to work so hard. No longer is everybody else having to work so hard. In fact, we're in a system that actually supports all of us in getting our needs met. So it's really important like when we're looking at emotions, like so often they're seen as these kind of problematic things, whereas natural fats they can increase your capacity they can increase your resource they can be fuel for the fire they can create the vulnerability can create connections and deepen present connections create trust um they are change sorry and create change absolutely absolutely i mean they really are the gateway to so many and that's the reason it's one of our 12 universal needs so um is there anything else you want to add before we finish up today i'll save it for another episode (laughs) i could go on and on and on (laughs) there are so many things for us to talk about when it comes to emotions and as i said we just scratched scratched the surface this is the snowflake on top of the tip of the iceberg uh, when it comes to emotions Um, and as we've said previously if there are things that you want to share the things you're not sure about if you've got questions um, or things that you are struggling with regarding emotions let us know and we will happily do another podcast episode in which we can address and start to discuss those things too so I think that's it for today thank you for being with us thank you for watching Uh, remember to take care of yourselves we're sending you lots of love and between now and when we speak again next remember to keep meeting your needs lots of love Bye. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review. As it will help more people find us. And remember, you're human and it's okay. Well, shit. It really is that simple.